welcome to the Daikaiju Network Podcast. I am your co-host, Kent, and with me is your other co-host... Jason, and you can definitely see our names on the corners here this time around. Hopefully, first and foremost, everybody is doing well. They're safe and healthy, and um, um, from this COVID-19, that's been a huge development since the last time we did any podcasting. So uh, I'm really hoping that everybody is doing uh doing well on that and um this is some major shit and hopefully we can get past this thing um really soon because as you might be able to hear in the background it's driving me insane with what i'm going through right now (laughs) (laughs) hence by the way i've even got my own here too so <laughs> Godzilla Productions. Now, rem- remind me um, your name. I'm sorry, Brian, right? But um, yeah. So other other than the uh, the nice little introduction that uh, Kent gave us there, which was pretty interesting, um, as you can probably tell in the. I'm sorry. I am sorry. I'm getting everybody screwed up. Uh, as you can tell in the uh, the upper uh, right corner of the screen there, uh, basically we have now switched over to StreamYard, which apparently previously, as we've discussed in the previous episode, that uh, we were on Lightstream and for some odd reason that they decided to switch every like everything that we used to have for free to now as a paid pro thing. So for the time being, <laughs> um, I will, we will have uh, this sort of setup for the time being. Although we are in the free part right now, we're able to do the uh, whole stream uh, without any restrictions as far as streaming a month, which pretty much we are going to be doing that uh the maximum amount of streaming we can do for a month is 20 hours so at least that's plenty of time for us to stream we will never use that amount (laughs) definitely not although from what i've seen so far we can't do any of our custom uh basic graphics for the time being Uh, the only thing we can do that is upgrading to StreamYard's uh, pro subscription, which is around 20 bucks a month. But uh, I'm still somewhat debating if we're going to just stick on here for the time being until we find something else or uh, possibly just uh, put some money towards uh, towards this whole thing. So, um but yeah, for the time being, we're just going to be on StreamYard doing our uh, podcast show just on a basic <laughs> format. For the time hey, uh, uh, Hayden, um, is my camera like, am I looking slow and stuff? Because I'm looking at least on my end, I'm looking kind of slow uh, on my side of the screen. So is, is it kind of the same for you? Um, yeah, yeah. 20 bucks a month, is it? really cheap but um at least it's not you know some of the other things i've seen you know 30 or 50 bucks a month especially with uh adobe 
like Adobe's Creative Suite package, which is 50 bucks a month, is pretty ridiculous, even though how, the amount of people that use the whole service for uh, Adobe, myself included, but as of right now, I'm just doing it like an annual thing instead of the monthly thing that I used to do. But uh, as far as your end, Kent, the only thing that I notice from time to time is your audio gets a little bit choppy. Oh, yeah. The video quality is a little lower than normal, and your audio is a bit choppy. I don't know why that is. I don't know if it's because Jason's hosting or what, because I'm looking down here on my computer. It says I got a perfect signal, strong signal. You should. uh, Do you have like a a little uh, cam mic setting on your end there? Because I know I do. I wonder... I wonder if I could do something here on my end, but um, for the time being, um, is there anything that you want to bring up? Um, yeah, so I want to talk a, a, a little bit here about GFest, and again, Hayden, I'm technical difficulties. I'm not sure exactly what I could do differently um, on my end, because like I said, I've got it says I got a good internet signal, so I don't know what the deal is. Um, and I don't have like, you know, a separate camera set or anything like that. Um, originally, uh, as who knows us uh, is aware, we were planning on going to G Fest this year, but, um, because of this COVID-19 and, and me having mild asthma, I personally have decided that I'm not going this year. Um, and there's a lot of talk, anybody who's been on social media, there's a lot of talk from GFS as far as whether or not maybe um, uh, canceling the, the um venture or not and as of right now they're still giving it a go and they're just going to assess things uh you know as they come and they'll make probably a final decision mid latish june perhaps a lot of it is going to depend too on the city of chicago a lot of it's going to depend too on whether or not borders uh with canada and the u.s are open uh during that time as well i mean there's just a lot of different factors that uh are in place right now that will kind of determine whether or not g fest is a go uh Regardless, even if it is on, I have planned to not go because this virus is not going to end by July. We may, best case scenario, see a drop um, in cases, hopefully, but I still am not going to take that risk. Um, and I just recently had a friend who died this stuff she was a year younger um she had some uh underlying conditions that i think only a couple people knew about and uh by and large though she was healthy and um with me uh i have mild asthma and i'm not going to take that risk this year um and so definitely for sure now i'm not going and that's pretty unfortunate Obviously, considering the circumstances, you know, that's just kind of the position that um, we're in. And um, 
I, I just, I just, I, like I told Jason, I said, I'm not going to take the chance of potential because, you know, anybody who's gone to any sort of convention knows you're being packed in rooms with a lot of people. I'm just not going to do that. So, Mm-hmm. Um, unfortunately, I'm not going, even if it is going to be held this year. Yeah, I'm still uh, I'm just going to play it by ear for the time being. And I think I'll probably make a final decision probably around uh, middle of next month. And my current situation right now, I'm as far as uh, GFest goes, I'm sort of leaning toward like I was at first, I wasn't actually planning on going uh, this year until Kent was sort of, uh, you know, trying to convince me to do it. And I was just like, OK, I'll 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 go. Fine, I'll go. <laughs> and then now and then now the whole thing basically uh switched around so now he's now going and then me i'm still yeah, well, going it's not but just because i flipped the switch and said yeah ah, no i'm not gonna go uh, there's right right yeah <laughs> yeah but it's it's a little bit ironic in a way but uh as far as uh, hayden mentioned uh why don't you try to leave for a second and then come back on you should be able to um access the stream with the same link that I sent you here and see it. Hopefully that works. Fine. I will leave. <laughs> That's what you want. <laughs> oh, don't blame me. Okay. So we'll just uh, stick around here for a second until he gets back here. Cause I know the invite link is, should still be the same. Well, we'll just uh, hopefully hopefully that's the case. But uh, as far as the current situation is uh, going here, it's looking like it's going to be sort of a roller coaster type of uh, scenario from what uh, the government has been uh, talking about in the last few weeks. But yeah, for like the past month on my end, personally, I've been. Uh, working from home uh, just across the room here. I got my work computer and everything. So I've just been doing most of my work from home here. But uh, yeah, it's uh, not doing too good so far. But hopefully with the way things are going recently, I think it's starting to slow down a bit. (laughs) And I'm not sure why... I would have thought that Kent should have been able to come back on here. Let me message him here. There he is. There you are. Took you long enough. (laughs) You caught me. All right. So finally back. Um, other. All right, what did I miss? Um, nothing really. It was just waiting for you. It took you long enough to get back. <laughs> I needed a refill. Sure, sure, whatever. <laughs> it's, it's been one of those weeks, man. 
But the, <laughs> now it seems like your audio sounds a little bit better. Oh, it does? I think so. Oh, well, okay. Um, so is there anything else you wanted to cover, or did we want to just go ahead and get into the magic serpent? I thought we can talk a little bit about – didn't we cover – like some of these uh, board games and stuff that are going to be coming out soon that are Godzilla related. I thought maybe you had mentioned something about the Monopoly one. And I don't remember about the other ones. Well, I, kn- I think I know I did mention or we did talk about the Monopoly one, but I know that uh, coming soon that Jenga is going to be coming out with the Godzilla edition of the game itself, which is pretty unique and how they're setting that up. Uh, it's like think about it though. Yeah, the uh, the whole like the main thing itself is the building, and then right. the <laughs> uh, the organizer is supposed to be Godzilla itself, and then there's some sort of thing to what to do with it. But uh, I haven't really delved too deep into it. And then the one thing that I know we didn't talk about since this came out uh, the other day is that uh, Magic the Gathering has confirmed that there's going to be a total of 16 cards that are going to be all the Godzilla Godzilla, uh, monsters included. And uh, one of the upcoming expansion sets, and I know I can say this uh, for the both of us that we've never uh, played Magic the Gathering. I, I know I've heard about the game for years, years on end, and I've thought about actually playing it at one point, but just never bit the bullet. But as far as far as these cards go, I've been debating on possibly getting into it but i've i think some of you have seen the cards or have actually played or are playing it that i think these would be a good i have to say though uh the one card that i've seen and i think it's the haystay god looks abnormally um yeah the the lower jaw seems to be it's weird at a 90 degree angle. That's the only thing that I know that looks that looked a bit weird. But uh yeah, it's uh from from what it looks like they have uh three different versions of Godzilla. One of them is a primal Godzilla, and then the other two are of course the Heisei and then the Shin Godzilla. And uh they have a couple iterations of uh Space Godzilla where one of them uh, one of the cards has been uh, getting the rounds lately with the Space Godzilla card. And I've seen it on the news or like online on news and uh, on YouTube that uh, basically it's the name image on how they named the Space Godzilla card where it's called uh, Space Godzilla Death Corona, <laughs> where his beam is called the Corona Beam. <laughs> And with all the recent things that are happening recently, it's like it's sort of getting a backlash. I'm just like, it's like it's part of the name of his uh, beam weapon that it's been around for years and years. 
and uh, was it uh, Wizards of, of the Coast who owns or is the creator of this whole Magic the Gathering game that uh, they went back and renamed it. So now the, uh, from what I heard, the Space Godzilla Death Corona card is going to be one of those uh, rare sought-after cards. <laughs> simply because, like simply because of the name. Blu-ray with the uh, commentary. <laughs> yeah. So that so whoever gets that card and one other um, was it Ikora Layer of the Behemoth expansion pack where all all these cards are going to be in. Uh, whoever gets that card's going to have uh, quite a, a little bit of an investment <laughs> in their cards there. But um, other than that, I can't think of. Um, Anything else besides uh, still waiting on the trailer for Godzilla vs. Khan, which seems to be that's delaying more definite wait. <laughs> but uh, can, can I yeah. try something? Let me leave this stream again because I got a um, Wi-Fi booster in my den here, and I'd like to see if I can connect to that. See if that'll give me a stronger signal. <laughs> Um, and kind of clear um, up some of this stuff. Yeah, so. sure. Go right ahead. So let me try that. Sure. And I can answer Hayden's question here. Um, yeah, I know that they, I think they came, uh, made an update to that. I'm not entirely sure. It's like Space Godzilla something. Um, let me uh, Google it up here for one minute um, if I can type right, Godzilla, Space Godzilla, Magic the Gathering card. I know what the look for that card looks like. Um, and looking at Newsweek and it's showing the original card where it says uh, Space Godzilla Death Corona. Um, Okay, I think this is the one. Okay, so uh, Wizards of the Coast, they renamed that car from Space Godzilla Death Corona to Space Godzilla Void Invader. So, which also, I think it makes sense, too, simply because he's from space, middle space. So, um... Yeah, the uh, the Ultra Seven. I actually got that um, a few years ago. I think it's a oh, I got it a few years ago over at G Fest. I'm not sure specifically. Let me check here. Uh, yeah, this one is a this one is a Bandai uh, Ultra Seven. You can see it's a little bit has a little bit of a wear and tear because this one I think is probably was played with for um, many years. And from the looks of it on the year date, it was made right the year I was born in 1986. So, so that's that there. And of course I've got a bunch of other collections on my shelf behind me here with uh, 
some of the rare figures. Yeah, it's it's a little bit goofy looking. It's to me, it's a little bit stiff. It like the helmet, the helmet to that figure. It seems a little bit uh, slimmer compared to the uh, like the show version of it. It's a little bit bulky uh, in a way. And this uh, Godzilla figure over here, this one is based on the uh, the 1984 Godzilla design. And I, this is one of my uh, all-time favorite Godzilla designs. And I really like uh, the whole sculpture of it, and as well as the paint job to it. I really like the nice gold color to this one. The only complaint I have on this one is that the feet, I don't know if you can really tell, it seems to be a little bit off. Like this one, like this foot right here, seems a little bit more inwards, like going this way a bit. And, it's, and this foot is going that way as well it's a little bit uh and one of them is a little bit cockeyed it's like it's not actually i can't really i don't know if i can really show it it seems not to be quite straight yeah i think it's this foot the uh, the left foot seems to be a little bit not quite straight on that one and then of course i got like a a Shen, God's, uh, Shen Godzilla red monochrome figure up on the shelf, which you've probably seen in previous episodes. And, uh, of course, uh, an Ultraman Tiga figure, which is humongous, probably about, oh, I can't really show it, probably about that that tall. And, of course, um, some of the rare ones like this uh, Crystal Godzilla 2000, and I think there's only i think they said there was only 2000 of those made ever and i got for a reasonable price on that one on the first gfs that kent and i went to and i think i got that on the last day that we were there and that they were they actually had the prices all lowered and i see that kent is finally back on here (laughs) and he's still drinking (laughs) <laughs> oh, you, you caught me again. <laughs> All right. <laughs> Took me a moment. I, I oh, kept I just, hitting uh, the wrong button on the passcode. Well, I uh, pretty much uh, answered a couple of questions for Hayden while you were gone. Because he, he wanted to know what the the new name for the Space Godzilla card was. And then we talked a little bit or showed him a little bit of some of my uh, figurines off to the side over here that I usually have. But, uh, yeah, I think I think we are all good to dive into the meat and potatoes of what this episode's mainly, mainly focused on. Yeah, after some technical difficulties, hopefully this kind of clears everything up here. I'm not sure if it if it has or not, but uh, it's kind of weird. Like I got a Wi-Fi booster on my um, laptop, and that's just kind of blinking. So I don't. Know. But I, obviously, I'm connected because otherwise, you wouldn't be hearing me. Well, it seems so. like the uh, the video quality is quite low 
Really? Yeah. <laughs> what are you talking about? Like, <laughs> that's why I'm seeing on my end. Fucking shit. Let me get out of here and I'll go back to what I was connected onto. God damn it. <laughs> Uh, I'm not sure what's wrong with his uh, internet. I think I think just nowadays it's just some of these poor <laughs> yeah I yeah I noticed it too. It's pretty pixelated in a way. I mean it looked a lot worse. Even with the Wi-Fi booster, you would think that it would have been heck of a lot better maybe in my quality, although what I'm using right now is a, a separate uh, Logitech webcam for my computer uh, here, which is goes up to 1080p. So I think that sort of helps for me because I think I noticed too when I didn't have like a separate webcam that the the actual computer cameras themselves tend to be not good quality. <laughs> Even Macs, which I'm I'm using a Mac uh, laptop uh, currently here. This is which is the reason why I usually sit on the couch here, and and then I've got a uh, a separate uh, Yeti microphone off to the side here, and I think that's probably one of the things that Kent should probably look into is maybe a separate uh, webcam uh, for him there but um i mean oh well what what can you do (laughs) but uh hopefully he'll get back on here in a couple minutes and hopefully his quality should be a little bit better (laughs) this time i'll just have to wait and see Mm, excuse me Yeah, like I uh, mentioned so far, uh, earlier that I'm using a, uh, a separate uh, webcam on my Mac computer. It's a it's a, a Logitech uh, webcam that goes up to 1080p. Um, so Piers uh, got a coming out on the third. I hope so. I hope so. Because it seems from from what I've heard of, and I'm not sure if this is true. Like I was reading one of the headlines on a um, a YouTube video the other day that uh, that the possible reason as to why the trailer has been delayed quite a bit was sent, uh, because of a certain person, but I'm not certain if that's actually. Uh, true or not, but um, we'll have to see if uh, the 30th is true or not. But uh, with it, with the movie coming out in November, I would say the best logical time for that trailer to come out would be obviously between now and I would say towards the end of next month. But uh, uh, hopefully we can get that trailer soon because they haven't uh, decided 
to push the movie back again. It's still sticking in November there. But uh, obviously, it's now it's going to be going up against, oh, what was it? Uh, the new James Bond movie. And I think I think Mulan was going to was being pushed back right around the same time, too, that I heard. But uh, from a from the sounds of it, that Godzilla vs. Khan is still going to be in a good position at that time with what's been going on uh, recently. But um, yeah, can't should be coming back on anytime soon. Shouldn't actually take him too long. Let's see. Okay, sent me a message a couple minutes ago. Apparently, he had to restart his computer. <laughs> and then once in a while, there's a hiccup occurs where the USB doesn't uh, device doesn't work. And the only way to fix is the restart. So that could be one of the reasons why it's getting a little bit choppy. Black Widow, that was it. Yeah. yeah it's like for some reason, there's like there was something that had a woman at uh, as the main star, but I wasn't entirely sure. Yeah, it was Black Woman. Now I remember. But uh, yeah, from from the sounds of it, Godzilla vs. Kong, with it still being in its same uh, premiere date, it sounds like it's still going to be um, in a good position when that uh, when the time rolls around when that movie comes out. Um. But yeah, we'll certainly hope and see that that uh, trailer does come out on Ethereum. So fingers, fingers crossed. But uh, still not going to keep my hopes up yet on that. Here, um, let's see if just trying to see if there's anything else. Um. Well, apparently yesterday, uh, the Raga movie is now available uh, from Walmart. Uh, just the DVD, just uh, from the looks of it here, and it's just for ten bucks. That is not a bad. That is not a bad deal at all. Uh, there. So, if you don't have Raga. And the subtitle for uh, the subtitle for the movie is uh, "God of the Monsters," which is kind of cool in a way. But uh, yeah, if you don't have Raga, "God of the Monsters," um, probably uh, check it out. I know. I think yeah, Ken and I one year at uh, G Fest, we did see snippets of the film when Shinpei Hayashio was. Uh, a special guest at one of the G Fest uh, that year. He's the one that made uh, Raga, and I, I'm forgetting the other name of the monster too. Uh, he showed it in the uh, the Midway Theater room there, and we saw snippets of it. It looked uh, pretty good, and there were some, of course, some hilarious, uh, some funny moments in it because Shinpei Hayashiya, he's like one of those uh, tradition. He's he does like these traditional comedic type of uh, stand-up comedies in Japan. I think it's uh, kabuki uh, type of 
things that he does over there in Japan. Um, it looks it looks uh, pretty interesting what he's done over the years. Uh, as I'm friends with him on Facebook, he's done some uh, funny stuff with uh, Ultraman and some of the Godzilla stuff that he's done uh, there. But uh, yeah. Yeah, it's uh, Ragus does seem uh, promising uh, from what I've seen. I think they have shown the movie uh, many times over the years on the GFS channel at the hotel. Um, but we just I don't think we've never had the chance to actually sit down and watch the entire movie. I know we've seen clips here and there of rag up uh, it's just right around the times when we were busy going to other panels uh, around the hotel there or taking a break uh, going to lunch somewhere but uh, yeah it does it does seem promising and even 10 bucks just for the movie over at Walmart it's really not a bad deal at all so if the Walmart if you live nearby Walmart uh, I was uh, check to see if they do have it, and if if they do, uh, I would suggest possibly picking up. And uh, here's Ken again drinking. <laughs> you done there? <laughs> I dribbled. <laughs> Oh, I feel dirty. <laughs> so if I start slurring my speech, after a while you'll understand as far as... I don't have any more of this. For the kind of day and week I'm having, <laughs> as... I don't know if you know, thank God you can see it, but... <laughs> Well, I would say, I would say after after we do the show, you can you can go to the liquor store and pick yourself up some more. You know what? I actually thought about doing that. <laughs> I thought about doing that before we even got on. Um, I don't have the YouTube link now, of course. So could you send that to me in the private chat? Uh, I'm guessing the private chat already re- erased on your end, right? It's blank. Yeah. Yeah. I'll just. Uh, Copy and paste it again here. Now my stupid document saying it's a read only. It's like, dude, I created the dumb thing. Like, <laughs> see what I have to go through here? Like, just yeah. This week has been absolutely horrendous. I just yeah, it seems to be that way too on my end, work wise. But um, oh, anyways, um, I pretty much cover. Uh, base, all the bases I wanted to cover. So if we can finally get the meat and potatoes of this entire episode here. <laughs> I don't know. How do I look like? You look like I, I don't look that's, all that that's great. All. <laughs> <laughs> I'm here. So that's all that matters. Yeah. See, the device is working now, but now my stupid... <laughs> But the uh, fuck is this going? But yeah, as far as far as getting the rooms over at uh, the Crown Plaza for a G Fest, I would suggest uh, really uh, keep an update or 
Thanks, keep hey, a lookout. I that. <laughs> yeah, keep a lookout on the G Fest uh, Facebook or uh, Twitter pages. And it seems like the last couple of years they've announced uh, a bit of rooms being available right around uh, August. There, so you should. Uh, I would suggest uh, keep keep a real eye on any rooms available right around August. August, I would say August through October. Just keep it on. Well, heck, if you weren't going, Jason, maybe uh, he's able to <laughs> to get a room after you can't make the, the cancel your reservation. Well, <laughs> I, I don't know if I could actually hand it over. I, I would have to check it out and see. I'm if not I can saying hand you'd be able to hand it over, but there would be a room available. Well, yeah, but. Um, I don't know if there's I would have to check on like the reservation itself if there's a way you can hand it to someone else or something. It'd probably be like email wise or something to confirm. But um yeah. I would have to check on that. But I would I would, I would at least say that there should have at least been some people have already canceled their trips going to GFS basically because of what's been going on right now. And then now with you not going and then me well, yeah. currently I'll playing answer. it by ear. Yeah. I mean, well, and I'm seeing more and more, you know, um, uh, individuals who used to go all the time, the old timers, many of them are just deciding not to go either for various um reasons as well so um you know it's just it's kind of a weird year to say mm-hmm. the least right Otherwise, but i want to yeah. get one of the six dollar t-shirts where it has a dumpster on fire and it says 2020 underneath it <laughs> dumpster fire. i had never uh, thought that 2020 would be the dumpster fire that it is Whereas a lot of people are looking forward to the year. Goddamn shit show. (laughs) Like this show right now, all the stupid stuff that's going on. All right. So are we ready for... um, Yes, absolutely. (laughs) Absolutely. Let's do this thing. All right. 40 minutes. I don't even know where to like, but anyway. Um, so Magic Serpent, um, this movie uh, unfortunately doesn't have a whole lot of information on it, at least in English, that I was able to find during my research. Um, and so there's just obviously very little information uh, about the production that I can share with everybody here. And most of it is stuff you can easily look up on your own if you're willing to, uh, you know, take the time to look for it. But um, I have to say, though, first, like I first saw this uh, movie nearly 20 years ago. I can't remember exactly what year it was, but it was on a DVD that I had purchased from Best Buy, and it was a double feature with Gamer vs. Gauss and this movie. This is and the one I, think I don't remember. This is the uh, one that you actually gave me. Yeah, and I don't remember. Uh, pulled that up. Okay, who produced that? Uh, this is from Retro Media. Yeah. 
the the thing sucks um, because the picture quality is not great. Yeah, uh, the audio <laughs> is just good enough for you to make out what's going on 75, 80% of the time. Um, so yeah. Um, I remember when you and I watched this because we're like, Oh, magic serpent double bill on this camera versus Gauss DVD, which was the reason why I had originally purchased it. Mm -hmm. Oh, you watched it on that double feature too. That's, that's awesome. Um, yeah, that was, our introduction to this film was through that double feature. And so we had just kind of figured one night, why not go ahead and watch it? Why not check it out? And so we put it in and when it was done, we were just like, what the hell was that? Um, <laughs> because we didn't know what to make of it. Um, you could see strings kind of uh, on those oh, yeah. doors kind of midway through the movie where yeah. those doors kind of come off this building and they circle around by the way, quick note, uh, Ikazuki Maru and Jiraiya are going to be interchangeable. They are the same person, but they're going to be interchangeable throughout this podcast. They mean the same person. They're just kind of separate names for the same person. I think the booze has taken a hold a little bit. Um, <laughs> but um, – you could see the strings on the doors that were flying towards uh, Ikazuki Maru during one of the moments uh, in his battle with these doors. And you and I, we were just kind of looking at each other. We were like, what the hell is this? And the thing was, was that I don't think you and I necessarily understood what was going on in yeah. the film. Um, we didn't really, I don't think we paid close enough attention to the story to really get an idea uh, as far as, okay, well, this is, um, uh, uh, you know, this is about magic. This is about um, just supernatural stuff happening as well. Or <laughs> Aroki Maru, <laughs> a lot of tough names here, um, is uh, an evil ninja to magician himself. And so he was creating this, uh, some of this magic. And so you and I, we were just like, man, you know, on the one hand, that was relatively interesting. But what in the world? Like it just, um, we thought it sucked. And so by and large, we avoided it for a long time. And it wasn't until like a couple of years ago I bought a better version of this movie uh, from a source whose name I will not name, <laughs> but it's a better presentation of the movie. And it is the American version. It's not the Japanese version. It's pure American version with all the cuts and edits, which for Just the like most part were very minimal for this particular film, uh, thankfully. But still, there are some notice uh, some noticeable changes, especially if you are aware of what the Japanese cut um, shows and, and and all that. But um, for many years, I just kind of tossed this movie aside, and it really wasn't until. As time went on that I exposed myself to more, not just kaiju films, but more importantly, um, Sentai-type films and even samurai films, that when I went back and watched this film uh, about two, three years ago, that I actually was able to connect with it a lot better 
than I used to. Uh, and that was it, basically what I'm saying. It was an ignorance of not understanding uh, the samurai films along with kind of the Sentai magic type films. And so as a result, I have been able to respect this film a little bit more with time. Um, but by and large, like my initial reactions, like almost 20 years ago when I bought that double feature DVD was that this is stupid. This is uh, the purest of examples of what a B movie is. And um, there you go. Like it's not worth watching. And so I avoided it for many, many years until within the last few years. Um, so yeah, that's kind of where I stand uh, on no. that. Unfortunately, I probably showed a little too much of my hand. Uh, well, for I have me, a tendency to do that, but for me, it's it's a little bit of a different story. <clears throat> Excuse me. That simply after us watching that, and uh, one of the uh, WTF moments when I watched it the first time, I think was one of the more obvious things was that they used the howls from. Like real recognizable kaiju like Godzilla, Rodan, Mothra, and the howl for the spider. It's that sounds similar it's a cross to me. between Mothra and Kila from Ultraman. Kila was that kind of that moon okay. beetle, that giant moon beetle. I think gotcha. it's towards the end of the series with the big glowing bug eyes. Um, that sort of uh, okay. kaiju. Yeah, because like that. That sounds really familiar, but I just can't pinpoint it. But yeah, Toei made the movie. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and um, but yeah, like this one here, it's it's like in a like a square format. It's American. It was brought in by American International, and yeah, the quality quality of the movie is uh, pretty poor. <laughs> And sometimes you can't really hear some of the audio, but, um, but yeah, I would say my story is a little bit different compared to Kent that, uh, after seeing this movie for the first time, I would say, um, for the span of many years up until now, I've at times had the urge and have actually watched it from time to time. Because I, for some reason, it just oddly drew me in for whatever reason. But, Train wreck. <laughs> but uh, like with Kent, I think I've probably gotten in more of the Samurai movies than he has at, at an earlier uh, rate. Whereas I've, I think I started out with uh, Seven Samurai. <laughs> There and then I've seen some of the some random samurai movies here and there and then of course uh, watched a lot of uh, oh uh, I forget I forget that one famous uh, Japanese actor Mafune yeah Mafune's uh, films I've been drinking and I knew that <laughs> <laughs> yeah with um, I've watched a lot of Mafune films which I think uh also helped helped out as well mainly with uh Sanjuro and Yojimbo. I really like those a lot by the way. But um after seeing this movie, I think it's probably the first time in a couple of years since I've last watched this movie. I think it's gotten a little bit better, but still 
it has its quirkiness mm-hmm. to it. But I think, um, like with a lot of people, they'll say, "Oh, a movie is dragging so much." Like, when when will we get to the good parts and everything? This movie gets to like straight to the shit, <laughs> almost like uh, Super Inframan in a way. Yes and no. I think it kind of depends on what you're looking for in a movie like this. If you're looking for kaiju action, it's going to be pretty lacking for the most part all around. I mean, even towards the end. You most get of it towards better. the end when it comes to kaiju. Yeah. But anyway, yeah. let's, let's kind of get through some housekeeping here with the movie, do a plot overview, and then we can go ahead and, and um, talk about it. So uh, the Japanese production and release dates, it was released March 5th, 1966, with a running time of 86 minutes, produced by Toei, as I had mentioned earlier. Uh, With the U.S. release, it was released in 1968 directly to to television by American International Television, dubbed by Titan Productions. The kaiju roars were replaced with roars from other kaiju like Godzilla, Rodan, Mothra, and Kila. A few changes were also made with the music, but nothing too major. The opening credits were shortened and used a dragon as a backdrop instead of the montage of Ikazuki Maru's adolescence. So for the plot overview, um, Daijo Yuki, a general and his ninja associate, Oroki Maru, turn on their kingdom and kill Lord Ogata. Ogata's son, Ikazuki Maru, barely gets away with the assistance of a giant eagle. Years later, now a man, Ikazuki Maru, is trained in ninjutsu and toad magic by Dojin Hiki. Uh, Oroki Maru is an old pupil of Hickey's, and we find out that it was Hickey who was the eagle that saved Ikazuki Maru as a boy and left a scar on his pupil, the serpent, Oroki Maru's head. Oroki Maru kills his older master, and Hiki tells Ikazuki Maru to avenge him. Ikazuki Maru, Oroki Maru, Ikazuki Maru, Oroki Maru. He also There's tells him about Oroki Maru and Destiny. <laughs> yeah. Jiraiya, same character as Ikazuki Maru, meets a young woman named Tsunate. Her grandmother gives her a hairpin that contains the magic of the spider. Jiraiya saves a young woman, uh, Saki, and her younger brother, Shirota, from being killed by Yuki. He aids them in avenging Yuki as well. Tsunate learns that her father is Orokimaru. He asks for her assistance in killing Jiraiya by poisoning him. She doesn't follow suit, but an older man who has been traveling with them for a while attempts to poison Ikazukimaru, but it fails. Jiraiya makes his way to the palace and turns into the giant horned toad, smashing through the palace walls. Jiraiya proceeds to kill Yuki in a brief sword fight. Oroki Maru shows up and thanks Ikazuki Maru for killing Yuki. The two transform into the toad and the serpent and battle it out within the palace walls. Tsunade shows up a bit after and s- sends out her spider hair pin to summon the spider. The might of the spider and the toad prove to be a bit too much, and Ikazuki Maru and Oroki Maru return to their human form in a nearby beach. They duel until Oroki Maru is vanquished. Ikazuki Maru renounces the throne, and he and Tsunade fly away on a giant eagle, waving goodbye to Saki and Shirota as the movie comes to a close. So, yeah, um, this is a basic... uh, 
from the handful of samurai movies that I have seen over the course of my time, uh, I have to say that by and large, it's sort of the quote-unquote typical uh, samurai type of story where you have a villain come in, and a lot of times it's someone who's within the kingdom. Uh, they are traitorous. They turn on the, the lord or master, kill him, and then they take over. We saw this in the Daimajin trilogy. All three yeah. Daimajin films, we saw this. Um, and it's no different here. So in that sense, it's a very sort of typical uh, samurai film. It's also sort of the typical hero's journey type of tale where uh, the, the hero has to go um, on this quest to fulfill his destiny. And kind of like a lot of those films, uh, it's about being a, a, a main leader, in this case, kind of the lord uh, of, of a kingdom that should have been his. And so uh, the 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 one difference, and I guess I will just go ahead and say it right out of the gate before I forget, is that one of the things that I really like about this particular story is that it does follow that hero's journey tale formula, but the one thing it deviates from is the fact that uh, Jiraiya just decides no. I will not be your king. I would rather live the quiet life with Tsunate. And <laughs> I would rather you guys are just kind of on your own, which is sort of a dick move in and of itself. But oh, well, um, but so, so would, my so my question was that when he was talking to that one other gal and her brother, there is like it, it makes it sound like, oh, you, you guys can take over in my my stead. I don't know how that works because no witnesses were there. Yeah. Uh, you don't remember if the monster fight was good or bad. The final battle I actually thought was actually pretty decent. Um, it was a lot better than I remember it. Um, my memory was that when we first saw this movie many years ago was that I was deeply disappointed by it. And at that time I was, and I thought it was incredibly short. Um, but it is longer than I remember. Uh, but I guess if you compare it to other kaiju films um, – because we are kaiju fans first and foremost, uh, we are accustomed to slightly longer battles. It is a little bit disappointing on that level because it is shorter and you don't get as much kaiju action um, throughout this film. But it's kind of a kaiju film thirdly, and it's a samurai film first, followed by a magic film. <laughs> so that's how I would um, kind of layer it yeah so there's basically three elements blended in one film yeah i mean it's it's basically three different genres crammed into one film so um but yeah i like the fact that he renounces the throne and he's basically saying i don't want any part of this so yeah, that's one of the things that I really like about it. It, it. It's a happy ending, but at the same time, it's not sort of fulfilling that destiny completely. His main um, sort of journey, at least for him personally, is about avenging his parents and avenging uh, Dojin Hickey. Mm -hmm. But I, I don't know if I can remember while watching this, it's it, – uh, like earlier in the film, it sounded like that he wanted to at least take back the throne for him. You know, just yeah. try to keep the bloodline going. But then 
for some reason it just sort of changed its mind right at the right at the very end there. Yeah, so let's go ahead and just kind of talk about what's not so great about this movie. And one of the things that I think is very glaring uh, about this film that is not so great is in some aspects the story or even to kind of even be more specific characterization it's sort of a combination between the story and then you have offshoots so the characterizations in this film i think really aren't that great uh, all the characters are very one-dimensional and they're sort of your stereotypical type of characters your heroes are very much your superman boy scout do-gooders and your villains are straight up bad guys there's nothing redeeming about them or their mission um so and there's no growth and kind of like you were saying for whatever reason Jiraiya just decides to go ahead and give up the throne at the end of the movie for no apparent reason that's a story problem um because he we should have been able to see this transformation from him over the course of the film where he goes from being yes not only will i avenge you but i will take the throne back to basically okay i will avenge but i will not sit on the throne because i don't want that or whatever so um that's a huge problem i think with this movie is that the characterizations are very one-dimensional um but at the same time uh, the story in and of itself just isn't as well written as it should be mm-hmm. um that does not mean though that the film as a whole is not entertaining uh, i will say that despite uh, some of the huge flaws with the story uh the movie in and of itself is still incredibly entertaining and i think that is important to remember that does not make the movie good but for me and i've said this many times over the 10 years we've been podcasting uh by the way officially 10th anniversary yeah this uh, month yeah. i should i should have um, mentioned about that but I almost forgot about it until you brought it up yeah <laughs> but um I've always said on this podcast for 10 years that um, for me, yes, story does matter, uh, but entertainment matters more. But then if the entertainment value is not there, like if you're not getting a ton of explosions or monster action or what have you, then I need the characters and the story to grapple me in so that I can at least connect with someone uh, over the course of the story. And that's one of the huge problems i had with shin godzilla was that you didn't get the entertainment value and then as a result you didn't get any relatable let alone any well-written characters uh, in that film so this movie is entertaining so i can sort of forgive uh some of those um uh shortcomings but at the same time those are shortcomings that need to uh be officially dinging against this um movie because that that is a problem and there's no there, there's nothing wrong with let's say like liking a movie like this that is straight to the point but yes there are some pretty decent plot holes yeah uh, speaking well. speaking of explosions that you mentioned there what do you think of the opening for that uh for the movie it's like it just 
it was all nice and quiet for maybe probably not even 30 seconds. And all of a sudden you get uh, explosions everywhere. And then one of the, like the ninja people, one of the ninja guys, he throws like, like a, like a flame thrower or like a baton that had like fire on it, throws it. And all of a sudden, like the room just explodes. <laughs> yeah, I mean, um, the the beginning of the movie really brings you in. It's once again kind of similar to the Daimajin films. Coming out of the gate, you get uh, the kingdoms, the respective kingdoms, getting assaulted and taken over by the villain, and so it brings you into the action immediately. And it's very much in that Daimajin type of formula but. that that you get, and um, it's done well. It's entertaining. That's all I can say. <laughs> yeah, but when it comes to Daimajin, I think they've at least established a lot of the main characters and some of the supporting characters right away. They still had uh, with some of the time that they had, and then they went into the whole overthrow thing before the 10 year later thing. Not necessarily. I mean, here's what I would argue. I, I would say the Daimajin films to a smaller extent do an ever so slightly better job of, of characterizations. Um, there is slightly more gray area there in those films, but it's still a very black and white trilogy. Um, there's more sort of clear cut uh, answers and avenues that the movie wants you to believe are the ways that these characters in the story should follow. Um, but by and large then too, like I just watched the first Imagine film with my son here three, four weeks ago. Um, and by and large too, um, that movie in terms of its heroes and its villains are very similar to what we have here uh, as well. The villains are pure evil, really nothing redeeming about them. The heroes are pure. There's there's nothing complicated or nuanced about them. And um, so I, I they, they're very similar. I think the, the biggest difference between Daimajin and this film is that the Daimajin story first of all the Daimajin films I think had a bigger budget than this so the films look better overall the, this film oh, doesn't yeah. look bad but those films look better than this not only that you're able to tell you, you're able to have a slightly deeper story but that doesn't necessarily mean that that deeper story involves the characters oh crap uh, sometimes that um, is the case but that's not always um, that's not always true and and that's sort of the case with the Daimajin films they do a ever so slightly better job but not that much and there's still a lot of black and white uh with those movies as well but uh comparing this film with the Daimajin one this film really uh went at the whole coup thing right at the beginning of the film whereas the Daimajin one it sort of delayed that thing a little but not bit. by much though just a little bit but um but like this one, it just went into it right away. And you didn't really have 
actually like most of the people that were in that whole thing before uh, the whole uh, year gone by thing, like you had the young uh what's what's the the protagonist there as a kid and the majority of the people that were around him were essentially killed up by the main antagonist that was turned into a dragon to go after uh the young protagonist and yeah jariah yeah and see i'm Terrible with names, too. Giraffe. <laughs> well, the the dragon does look like a giraffe, though. No, I'm talking uh, about the guy's name, giraffe. Yeah, yeah, I know, yeah, I know. But then when you said that, it's like, oh, the dragon in this movie sort of looks like a giraffe too. But um, yeah, it's like you don't really know anybody at the very beginning until years have gone by, except for uh, Jiraiya, um the 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 Marahu or whatever Ikazuki Maru Ikazuki Maru yeah and uh, the one guy who it, uh, is like the emperor there Yuki. yeah um, yeah those those are essentially the only people that you know of at that beginning part whereas in Daimajin you pretty much have almost like all the people that you know of that's going to be and throughout the movie at the before stage by and large yeah but um so you know i talked about the characters like what are you what do you make of the characters here i would actually agree with you as far as them being more one-dimensional uh overall were like as you said like uh Ikazuki Maru. <laughs> Jiraiya is another name. <laughs> yeah, and Jiraiya and the other dude uh, with also that's also has a Maru in it. In the I name. thought you were gonna say the other dude with Alzheimer's. That's what it like. <laughs> the other dude yeah, with Alzheimer's. That, that dude with Alzheimer's. <laughs> <laughs> Jeez. But um, yeah, it's like it's basically like uh you know black and white one is pure one is evil there's no redeemable qualities with that other person and then yeah it's like most of the characters in this as like you mentioned are just one dimensional and it's like they're either good or bad well, and, and one of the things I wanted to quickly hit upon, too, and this character, I think, is quite important given the fact that she sort of um, uh, kind of helps with the ending is this grandmother of Tsunade. We see her towards the beginning, um, at, shortly after they bury uh, Hiki, and she gives her granddaughter, Tsunade, this hairpin, this spider hairpin, and then she literally vanishes um we don't i don't remember if she had a name i don't know exactly whatever happened to her there's just nothing she's there for a few minutes gives her daughter this hairpin which will come into play at the end of the film and then that's it i would though say as you talk about Tsunade, I would say she's probably the only character in this film that has 
sort of kind of gone back and forth as far as what to choose. Like, should she uh, trust her father, who is the main antagonist, or, uh, you know, trust in uh, Jiraiya, in a way, towards, well, sort of towards the end there? Yeah, Tsunade briefly disappears for a small chunk of the film, too. She's not well-developed either, and mm-hmm. she's kind of there for a pseudo-love interest for Jiraiya. Uh, even though she does, because she uses that spider hairpin at the end of the film, is sort of a not a main player, but at least a pretty strong uh, supporting character. And, you know, we learn more about Jiraiya than we do Tsunade. I mean, sure, yeah, she's the daughter of Orokimaru, and really the only sort of backstory we get about her is when she goes to when she's kidnapped by this one dude that had been with her for a while um, and then he takes her to Orokimaru. Uh, Orokimaru then starts to basically say like yeah you are my daughter I had left because the woman I was with was with child and that was it like we really got nothing else about her because then he starts going off spouting his mouth about wanting to kill Jiraiya and he wants her to help him but otherwise we don't get anything else it's very quick like five seconds oh yeah i left your mother <laughs> uh, i i i just yeah i i had sex with her and then i didn't want a child <laughs> like it just we we don't that was the thing that was the most frustrating for me throughout this whole um film was that we don't get enough backstory for people here and um it's sort of again the movie as a whole is entertaining but when you really try to get yourself invested in the characters and kind of what they're fighting for it's hard to do so because um I look at Tsunade and I look at her as sort of that stereotypical female character that you would see in films during this time period as nothing more than a very fragile female character who really can't do much of anything for herself. And that's just kind of, in my opinion, um, ridiculous because again she uses the hairpin at the end of the film although technically you could argue her grandmother had more of a role in that than anything else because she was the one who originally had that hairpin but then too Sunade's eventually going to be Jiraiya's wife and the fact and and before we even get to the end before Jiraiya renounces the throne she potentially could be the next queen or or you know the the spouse of of Jiraiya when he becomes lord of of the uh, of his old kingdom so th- the fact that this imp- relatively important character is kind of just tossed to the side and barely hit upon throughout the course of the film I, I i think is very frustrating because her backstory is ever so slightly touched upon and just in general how from the moment we are introduced to her all the way to the very end we just don't 
really learn much of anything about her. She doesn't have any sort of arc to her story. Um, we don't under- necessarily understand why she decided not to give Jiraiya that poison uh, after her dad told her to do so. Um, it, it's kind of frustrating from the character standpoint for her. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So what do you think uh, – what are some things that stood out for you for this film? Well, like I mentioned earlier, the howls. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's – for, for all these monsters. Headed, yeah. Yeah, that's, that's the only glaring thing that's just right in your face right at the very beginning. <laughs> Especially when uh, Orochi Maru turns into the dragon at the beginning of the film trying to go go after uh, Jirai there mm-hmm. and um, and probably the only other thing besides that and then the one dimensional characters um, I I honestly can't think of anything else I want to talk about flying doors. Um, we, I touched upon this earlier. And like I had said, an odd number of years ago when I first saw this movie, I, I just was like, what is going on here? Um, it's still kind of funny, I, I think, because every time I, I look at this scene, I go back to uh, the first time I saw this. And we're just looking at each other like, can you believe this? Flying doors? Like, are they this? unimaginative that they would do this like it was kind of um funny then but it i have to say though um I want to point out a couple of things, and they involve two moments of animation. One moment is when uh, Jiraiya first faces Orukimaru in the village, and he uses um, this ring to um, band around uh, Yuki and his henchmen. And then towards the end of the film, when uh, Rukimaru is trying to make his way to um, to the palace, and he's flying on this cloud, and the cloud is animated. And um, I still find those – they're kind of charming on some level, but at the same time, they're, they're kind of goofy uh, as well. Well, speaking of the uh, the whole flying cloud, it's like every time I think about that, I always it always uh, reminds me of uh, – I don't know if some of the people out there have watched Dragon Ball Z, but uh, Goku, it, it's sort of yeah. like Goku uh, right on the flying Nimbus there in the uh, the earlier shows of, uh, I think it's both Dragon Dragon Ball and Dragon Ball Z earlier on. That's yeah. sort of the thing that reminded me about that. But uh, yeah, as far as the, the whole flying doors thing, it's like it's, it's like it's sort of kind of cool in a way when you think about it. And uh, although it's like you don't even realize that it's these uh, ninjas that uh, Orochimaru and Yuki have sent out to uh, take care of Jirai and everything, but it just makes it look like the doors are just going by themselves without even seeing any of the ninjas towards the end of that whole scene. Yeah. 
Well, and I want to talk about the acting and the effects because these are two areas that I think this film does relatively well. Um, minus those two animation sequences we just discussed, I think the special effects work is actually quite good. Um, I think the palace miniature and then kind of that whole cliffside and the ocean uh, front there that the palace sits on is incredibly beautiful. It, it's definitely, I think, one of the, the, the most beautiful looking uh, miniatures that I have seen during this entire era. I, I think it rivals even a number of Godzilla and Gamera miniatures from the same time period as well. Um, and I have to say, too, that even though the suits and the marionettes of the spider, the serpent, and the toad are not necessarily uh, spectacular, they're still relatively good. The spider is the most stiff um, out of the three, and um, and I think the serpent is kind of the middle. It's decent, but there's a lot of issues with controlling the head um, uh, during every second that's on screen uh, mm-hmm. but the toad I think is the better looking suit out of this entire um, out of this entire film and, and I think they all look uh, at least decent for what is needed for a film like this and then the flying doors too they're they're done relatively well not spectacular but still for 1966 standards in a film made by uh, you know a company that you know isn't known for necessarily putting up large budgets it's still serviceable mm-hmm. yeah uh, i do the fix the effects for this film are uh, pretty good in this one. The only, I probably would say the only downside as far as the effects go is when uh, Jiraiya and Yuki face off the first time around at that one village and Jiraiya like conjures up this one rain to like uh, trap uh, Yuki and his uh, cohorts into this uh, whole group thing and like you can see parts of that rain being cut off you know just how how things were done back in those days and it you can definitely tell like they didn't have some sort of a certain uh, thing uh, to uh, oh what was uh, what was the thing like some sort of uh, little prop thing to kind of show what the rain how big that rain is going to be and all that you can definitely tell when one of the uh, co like one of the minions tries to get out of that rain uh, he was well past that rain uh, via visual effects and everything but uh, but otherwise the visual effects were pretty good there are some instances where you can definitely notice that they are using uh, mass screen for all that. Uh, but they still tend to make it look believable uh, in a way. And as far as the acting um, with the characters, though, with them being one dimensional in a way, uh, a lot of the the cast members that were picked to go along for this uh, to be part of this film 
here. Uh, I think it, they did a pretty good job for what they had to work with, uh, to be honest. Um, though they could, they probably could have done a little bit better as far as trying not to make uh, some of the characters as one-dimensional as they are in the uh, the finishing product. But um, overall, as far as the cast in this film, I think did a pretty good job uh, as far as the acting. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I think that um, they're all um, very good actors, despite the fact that they are given... Um, uh, just the bare minimum amount of work um, to do um, mm. as far as their characters within this movie. And I think that speaks something to the actors themselves when the actors can give enough nuance to such a thin script that just those nuances can add just enough depth for you to connect to them. Still, there is a huge problem with the writing in of itself and sort of the development of these characters. And that still ultimately goes back to the writers and the director, maybe even the editors as well, depending upon how much of this film that was filmed and then how much of it was cut out, etc. So, um, but usually, um, you know, uh, editors tend to be the real directors of the movie because the directors go out and they film the script and they are supposed to film excess and then the editors are the ones who are supposed to go through watch every frame of it and then say this is what's important this is what's not and then they have to work with what they're given and if the director isn't good enough in terms of giving them the types of 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 material needed to help create a coherent story well then the editors are kind of knee deep in poop uh, (laughs) as far as trying to make things cohesive and coherent uh, within the story in and of itself and for this movie uh, the the actors do a wonderful job uh, in their roles it's just too bad though that even then uh, the writing just uh, was not there and you can be a great actor give all the nuance you want in the world but you're still not going to be able to provide enough depth to your character and then that ultimately then goes back to the writing uh, again so Mm -hmm. you know you you can add more depth to the character with nuances and and stuff like that but still it goes back to the writing right So, um, unless you have something else, I- I'm ready to go into final thoughts and a and a rating. Yeah, I've got really nothing else. It's it's a pretty fast paced movie with uh, it's sort straight. Of a- it's straightforward. I, I mean, like of, uh, it's, it's a hero's journey. He's about, you know, he's about avenging his parents and his master. We think he's going to get back on the throne, but then for whatever strange reason, he decides to renounce it and that's it. So yeah, it's basically uh, a, like a bare bones type of movie. Yeah. <laughs> so did you want to go ahead and give your final thoughts and rating first? Uh, sure. Why not? Um, yeah. As, as I've uh, stated earlier, that um, I've watched the film sparingly over this uh, over the many years since I've 
first seen this film along with Kent by watching this version here. I knew which poor man, (laughs) (laughs) which, um, which I probably should actually look into finding a, uh, a separate DVD. That's probably a little bit of a better quality. I have a really good one. It, it, it makes a world of difference. Having a high quality presentation of a movie makes a huge difference. Oh yeah. I, I wouldn't doubt. I, I probably should actually take a picture <laughs> of it. I should, uh, like after when we get done with this, uh, the show here, I should probably quickly put it in and, uh, take a photo of it and just show you how, <laughs> what the quality looks like that I had to watch for about close to an hour and a half. I kind of remember what that quality was like. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. It's been, it's probably been many years since you've I gave given it this film. For a reason. <laughs> since you've given this film to me but um but yeah it's it's a it's a bare bones movie it's like your basic hero's journey type of film but with um the samurai uh magic slash fantasy and kaiju put together to one film um the story could have been better obviously but um, the cast members, however, they were pretty good for what they had to work with, even though I think they could possibly done a little bit of a better job trying not to make themselves one dimensional in the way. Maybe at least try to help try to maybe uh, talk into the director or something, maybe try to make their characters a little bit better. I don't know how things went in Japan, though. <laughs> When it comes to that sort of thing, but um, the visuals, uh, practical effects, they were really good. The uh, the dragon, the toad, and the spider designs for this film were really good. And for what we briefly saw, as far as the bird, <laughs> the giant bird, even though it's like it was just quick shots, you didn't re- actually see it. But uh, for for what it was worth, it seemed to be a pretty good design. I don't know if it was like a full on design or just parts of it. <laughs> Maybe parts of it, which is why you never got to see it entirely. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. but um, yeah, the story was okay, and it, and it could have been much better. And, and I think this the story had more potential than what it led in the finished product that we saw. But uh, other than that, it's a, it's a, a bare bones uh, hero's journey movie with, as you said, samurai and Kaiju uh, in the film. It's, it's, uh, and I think it's pretty entertaining for what it does. It gets, gets you straight to the point right at the very beginning doesn't really let up toward all throughout the entire movie. And, um, if, if you, um, want to, uh, let me, let me rephrase this. Um, as, as far as, uh, the movie itself, I think, I think it's a buy to be honest for me. 
wow, really? <laughs> Holy yeah. mackerel. <laughs> uh, for 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 its some of its uh, downfalls in certain areas. <laughs> We're so. just about to call it a son of a bitch. <laughs> for 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 the son of a bitch that it is. <laughs> but no, uh, seriously, for for what it is, uh, for some of the downfalls that it has, it does has some uh, quite a bit of entertainment values to the movie itself it it's 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 for me in my opinion it's a really enjoyable movie um although i probably would suggest finding a much better quality than this That's one, out of production this one here right, yeah so. <laughs> but if if you if you ever see this online or anything i wouldn't recommend getting this version no don't find 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 Just a much don't. better quality <laughs> find a much better quality but yeah for me magic serpent would be a buy for me oh wow wow <laughs> that's surprising <laughs> all right <laughs> So my final thoughts. The Magic Serpent is a combination samurai magic and kaiju movie. As a result, there are a number of moments that may make a fan of any of the aforementioned singular genres to shake their head in confusion. This is what happened to me nearly 20 years ago when I first saw the movie. Back then, I had dismissed it as the epitome of a B-movie. However, with time, several more viewings, and finding a copy of the movie that presented the film in near-flawless presentation, I have found myself to have a greater appreciation for The Magic Serpent. With time, I've been exposed to samurai films and have found myself realizing that, in some sense, particular movies and TV shows I've seen, such as Zayu Ranger, have this samurai quality to them, not to mention uh, one could argue magic as well. As a result, a film like The Magic Serpent isn't as ridiculous ridiculous as I once thought. Repeated viewings have also made me appreciate the acting and the slight twist in the hero's journey tale. The kaiju aren't necessarily noteworthy, but they are unique. The palace and ocean setting at the end of the movie is the crown jewel of this film. The palace is meticulously built and detailed, and the cliffside on which it sits is breathtakingly beautiful breathtakingly real looking and beautiful. The kaiju battle at the end is much longer than than I remember it, and though it's still rather short from what we're used to seeing in typical kaiju films, it's also entertaining. Despite all that is good and right with the movie, it is by no means flawless. Characters are one-dimensional. The heroes are your typical do-gooders with barely any flaws and are nearly indestructible, while the villains have no redeeming quality and are downright evil. <laughs> evil henchmen are like stormtroopers. They're easily defeated in one hit. The story, while amusing, doesn't offer a whole lot for character development and the ability to flesh out a story with a bit more soul. Nevertheless, The Magic Serpent, despite some deep flaws, is an incredibly entertaining movie. Some kaiju fans, assuming they aren't fans of samurai movies, may not care too much about this given the very short kaiju moments. But those who enjoy both genres will find something to like here. It's not the best example of a samurai kaiju movie crossover, but it's still entertaining and worth at least one viewing. And it's a rent. And so with that, despite all the um, you know technical difficulties, we appreciate you watching <laughs> or listening to us and sticking with us. Thank you so much to Hayden uh, for stopping by and sticking with us despite all of the, the stupid crap that went on in the first part of the show. Um, 
because you and I had talked about this like a month and a half or so ago that many of the movies that we have left to cover, you don't necessarily own yet or have access to them. So I started thinking maybe at least for a little while, um, something we could do would be commentaries. Uh, if you uh, are up for that, because there are a ton of commentaries we have left to do. So I just kind of wondered... Um, that as kind of far, direction you want to go. <laughs> was there any particular uh, film that you wanted to commentate on? I am just getting ready to pull up the. the um, nope, that's not the one that I wanted. Ah, crap! Now I gotta wait. There we go. Let's get that one out of there. And this is the one I wanted. Opening, opening, opening. There we go. Um. So, I mean, we got still a ton of Godzilla movies left. We have, by and large, a large swath of the Gamera series left. I mean, we just, we got a lot to go through. Um, um, but there are a number right off the top of my head I wouldn't mind doing. It's just a question of picking. Was there like a particular one that really popped out of your, of your mind? For some reason, Return of Godzilla did. Um, why I don't know, I watched that movie a couple nights ago with my son. Um, there was one moment that, and I wish I could remember it now, that I thought was very, very funny if we dubbed it uh, differently, but now I don't remember it. But <laughs> Like, Return of Godzilla has been stuck in my head the last few days. Um, uh, but yeah, like... I mean, we, there's Pacific Rim Uprising. You know, that's a relatively new film. Um, let's see, do I even have... Speaking of which, I don't even have that movie, but I can probably pick it up. I don't even have uh, King of the Monsters on here. Or did we do that? Yeah, we did do that, didn't we? I believe so. Yeah, we did do that one. Yeah, I remember, because we did that like last October or something, I think. Because like, for some reason, I can remember that, but I couldn't remember that we even did Gorgo, which was years ago. <laughs> yeah, I ago. know. <laughs> well, that was episode 59. I mean, my gosh, they were talking almost 100 episodes ago. Yeah. Technically, it probably is 100 episodes ago if you count all the commentaries we've done as well. But mm -hmm. um, hey, guess what movie we also haven't done for a commentary? That. Magic Serpent. <laughs> <laughs> If you want to get that out of the way, I'm fine. Yeah, if you want to do that, I'm fine doing that too. <laughs> I don't know. Uh, let's let's kind of talk about it. Uh, first of all, let's get the date out of the way for our next episode. When do we want to do our next episode? It'll be a commentary, but what day do we want to do it? So today is the 11th. Uh, you were planning on doing it next month, correct? I don't care when because with this isolation thing, I mean, we could do it and commentaries don't take as much time to get set up. I mean, we could do it as early as the 25th. Um, I would prefer not to do it on the second, though, just because I clean house the first Saturday of each month. Um, 
your Wi-Fi is dying, Hayden, that's okay. We had bigger <laughs> we had bigger issues, as you noticed earlier in this show. By the way, uh, we're getting ready to, to sign off here. We do really appreciate you sticking with us through through all that that stuff. Uh, but yeah. Yeah, uh, as far it's like I know uh next Friday I have off especially with uh, uh one of our family's birthdays on that day. Um but I mean I'm fine with either. So you do you want to do the 25th? It's fine with me, yeah. Okay. Um so let's just go ahead and get the movie out of the way here too. Um, is there something that you are wondering about or deeply interested in? I really can't think of anything off the top of my head for the time being, but with you bringing up the magic serpent there, since we haven't done that, it's like, it's sort of tempting. It's sort of tempting to do magic serpent. Yeah. Do like a magic serpent month. (laughs) Oh, you didn't miss a whole lot there, Hayden. I I guess really just kind of our final thoughts on the movie. Uh, Jason had, uh, given the movie a uh, a um, a buy rating and I gave the the movie a rent rating so it's pretty pretty um, more or less thumbs up from magic serpent now we're just kind of discussing um, what to do for the next episode we are going to have our next podcast on the 25th it's going to be a commentary and that's I think for a while what we're going to be doing for most of our episodes uh, will be commentaries here for at least a little while because what we have left on our schedule Jason doesn't have access to certain movies or doesn't own uh, certain movies so for a while we're just going to do commentaries I think until he's able to build up a a little bit more of a library here have access to some of these films Um, you want to do Magic Serpent on the 25th? Why not? (laughs) Uh, right. within the same month Magic Serpent month forever written down in history April 2020 Magic Serpent Month. To mark, to mark our 10 years, it's going to be Magic Serpent Month. <laughs> Magic Serpent Month. Yes, every April it's Magic Serpent Month. <laughs> All right, so I'm going to go ahead and cross that off the list here. All right, so it's official. <laughs> Magic Serpent, it is for. April 25th, come join us. Um, I'm. Uh, this seemed to work by and large pretty well outside of a few hiccups, but at least it worked and we're at least able to come to you live still, thankfully. So uh, once again, come join us April 25th around 1 p.m. Eastern Standard Time for um, – wonderful uh, viewing of the magic serpent and i want you jason at some point to turn your uh, camera to the tv screen so we can see the horrendous video quality yeah. of our, well, uh, well i know when it comes with a uh, stream yard i know i don't think we're not able to uh like turn our cameras off or anything but um yeah i can definitely show show the quality then <laughs> Uh, No, we have not done any of the Ultraman movies. Um, I don't know if Jason owns any of them. Uh, I own a couple 
technically a few, I guess, if you count um, some of the newer uh, releases that have come out over the last. One. I know, I know, I do have uh, the Ultraman Tiga and Dinah movie that came out uh, several years ago, and then of course I do have the Ultraman Orb. <laughs> one um and i know i've seen some of the other uh ultraman movies many years ago i have the two ultraman movies with balial um and then i the monster battle galaxy is that the one that you're yeah and then uh ultraman zero balial's revenge Mm -hmm. um i also have the orb one and i also have the geed and whatever other one is with that set mm-hmm. that came out. I forget what it Geed. Is it Geed and Orb? Yeah, it should be yeah, Geed and Orb. Yeah, okay. Yeah, so both orbs. One is the Orb Saga and the other one's like the the Orb movie that came out after yeah, those films, though, I don't think a person can really watch until you've been through the actual um, series. Because I tried watching the Geed one for our end of the year episode back in December, and I had no clue what was going on. And like I told Jason, I said, I have a feeling I probably needed to watch the series in order to follow mm-hmm. um, what was going on. <laughs> But yeah, like one, I know one of these times we should try to get around to some of the Ultraman movies. Yeah, I mean, um, I, I think kind of once we get more of this stuff coming out, like Ultraman X, I think is coming out um, this month. I have that on pre order. <laughs> um, and I think there's a movie that comes with that too, right? I think so. For Ultraman X, I, I would think so because my guess is it's similar to orb and geed in that um you have to go through the series in order to understand it yeah. and if that's the case you know because i had a hard time following that geed movie because obviously i had not gone through the series well, according to hayden he thinks the movie is fantastic but also the show i think i think the show was really good Again, kind of like what we had barely – like what was it, back in December or something we talked about? I had a hard time with this current set following the subtitles. They were unreadable to me like 70% of the time because of the color scheme that they picked. Mm-hmm. Uh, the movie wasn't bad looking. It's just that I couldn't follow it, not just because of the subtitles, but also because, again, it was a, a movie that you had to see um, – uh, you had to see the show, I think, first before seeing the movie. And if you ever try and watch the Ultraman Tiger movie, you're going to have some troubles without watching all the 2010 shows. Yeah, that's my problem is that um, I'm not as well versed in Ultraman as Jason is. Jason has a lot more time than I do because he doesn't have children. Um, but uh, yeah, I mean, some of these some of these Ultraman movies are going to be really tough for me because I'm going to have to go through. Uh, a series or multiple series in order to even have an idea of what is going on. And um, I don't know. I mean, we still have enough material to go on for a while before we even have to think about maybe hitting some of that stuff up. But um, I still 
you know, it's something I need to try to figure out how to, how to address or, or whatever, but I'm not going to worry about that at the moment. Mm-hmm. But, uh, yeah, other, other than that, I think we're all good. Yeah. So with that, thank you so much for watching and or listening. Um, you can, uh, Go to daikaijunetwork.com. There we have our archive of all of our shows. Um, unfortunately, they aren't labeled um, uh, thoroughly, especially the older ones. Um, they just have like episode numbers instead of like what we've been doing recently, like where it says here, episode 133, The Magic Serpent, whereas those earlier episodes, it just says something like episode 59. But we have tons of uh, episodes there. They're all available there on our website. Um so yeah, um, check us out at dikeyesunetwork.com and just about any other social media uh, platform as well. Yep, and uh, if you're watching this on YouTube, which we're currently just on for right now, uh, just make sure to hit that uh, subscribe button and as well as the notification bell and make sure to choose all notifications and uh, when the option's there. <laughs> So, um, please, uh, you know, iTunes, just take a few moments. Uh, you know, if you like us, we would really appreciate five star um, rating on there, too. We've been around for quite a long time and we don't have a whole lot of uh, ratings on there. So, well, uh, not, not just uh, please, um, not just uh, Apple Podcasts, but uh, Google Podcasts, uh, Spotify, TuneIn, and as well as iHeartRadio that we're currently you, on. Appreciate that. Yes. Thank you very much. All right. And with that, thank you so much. Uh, take care. And we will see you on the 25th. Uh, and once again, we are doing the Magic Serpent, 1 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. We will post this stuff up on our um, social media pages. And really from here on out for a good while, um, we're doing just commentaries. And so we got plenty of films uh, there. And once again, stay safe, everybody. <laughs> All right. Take care, everyone.